Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is Out of Darkness Into the Light. I expect this to be room to audio, and you've noticed that I've said that um, a number of times and it ends up in room one. <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen around here. But I'm going to do something that I've done before, uh, a little experiment. Uh, I'm going to step in the background, monitor the chat room, to keep agents off the mic, and let people talk among themselves. Uh, it doesn't have to turn out to be something profound. But we need to do this kind of thing. It's good for public relations and have a little bit of fun and get, have people get to know each other. And I can always pop in there. I can go in and out. Who knows what's going to happen? I may come in there and take over again yeah. for my way around. But i got to let this phone charge, so it's, it's, that's why I'm doing it. And I don't have a private cell phone right now, so using a house phone. Which is good. Well, the audio is superior. Any kind of audio that was room one quality on a cell phone, I would not allow it to be made public because the, the sound quality is too inferior because you got two things against you. you got um, Takshu compressing the files too much, and uh, you have a problem with the cell phone. And uh, White Raven was just talking to me on the phone last night. He just discovered iTunes, and you know the, the quality of the sounds is superior. So I recommend that everybody um, download off of iTunes um, that's the easiest way to get a podcast um, into your head <laughs> if you got a smartphone. It just does it all automatically. And that's kind of laborious on TalkShoe or other places. But the sound quality is definitely superior there. So, Anyway, what were you going to say there, Bruce? Uh, what were you talking about, the four oh. uh, corners of the earth? <clears throat> no, I was referring to the four angels oh. that... Uh, that are uh, each of them have a, a head of a man, of a lion, of a calf, and of an eagle. Mm-hmm. Each one, and they all have eyes all around them. And there's, uh, you know, you got all your bases covered with four corners. Mm-hmm. There's nothing hidden from the eyes of the eyes of him mm-hmm. with whom we have to do. And uh, seeing that we have a great high priest who's passed into the heavens, who's entered once and for all into the Holy of Holies, uh, what manner of men ought we to be in all our conversation? So these uh, these these angels actually are um, over all the creation. Okay, I mean. Uh, are also around the throne, right? I mean... Uh, the seraphim are in the direct mm-hmm. presence of God. They're superior uh, to the cherubim, which is interesting because in the uh, Hebrew, uh, there's no question that a seraphim is a, is a what we call a serpentine being. This is a scholarly view. This is not some kind of internet, YouTube conspiracy stuff. 
you can <clears throat> go look at the, the work of Michael Heiser. Uh, he's produced sufficient evidence. I'm just using it as a reference point. But he's pointed this out. He's a linguist, you know, so he's supposed to know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah, say something about um, the four corners of the earth here just real quick because people need an update. Um, I'm always updating things. Like I said on the earlier show, uh, I'm uh, thinking about a lot of things and reevaluating things and making changes. Yeah, so the earlier show that we did was, I think, was a historic podcast. Um, the title of it might be Fear the Dero. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, Fear the Dero. The Dero are... Uh, subterranean race that doesn't actually oh. uh, exist. I believe it's just propaganda, but it actually points to a, a genuine truth. And this has to do with the Shaver mystery. But yeah, now now people will know, okay, that was the podcast that you and Dave were on earlier. Yeah. And this is one that we're, we're just going to try to have people talk amongst themselves, things like that. I'll go in the background, but you'll never know what's going to happen. That may not even happen. But I know one thing, his phone will start beeping eventually. So that's why I'm at least giving the phone uh, a break. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, in my view, um, I, I believe in an enclosed cosmology. Uh, the, the surface curvature of what I call Middle Earth, that's a different subject. But it's enclosed. All ancient cosmologies, all of them, were enclosed. Now, whether you want to hold to the sky-centric view, this has to do with a hollow Earth which I don't hold to, or you have an enclosed cosmos, which is a completely different subject. One cosmos is very small, and the other one is very big, you know, relation, relationally. And the problem with skycentrism, you've got the same old issue, and this is the stuff that Stephen Christ pushes, of a perfectly spherical Earth. I mean, we should get modified into an oblate spheroid. I mean, to me, it's just a mockery. Uh, and people who are still holding to, it's like an internal Hollywood cosmology as far as the, the shape of the earth but I said before the scientists actually don't believe that in western society since the 17th century you can see that on Wikipedia they think it's an oblate spheroid that's just what Hollywood tells you so that's the problem with sky centrism they're internalizing that cosmology but anyway uh, I held to this view that outside of this enclosed cosmos is you have this kind of um, it's sitting on a um, like a plate or something like that, like a square, and that's where the four corners are at, but I, I don't hold to that view anymore. So I got into, and i also seen that it's not compatible with the Bible saying because it's talking, the four corners have to be inside the the, the enclosure. So that's not going to work. But see, here's the problem. How does, how does that work? How do you have four corners uh, inside, uh, you know, a, a surface that's has... It doesn't have any radical curvature, whether it's concave or um, <clears throat> convex. I don't believe it's perfectly flat. Uh, but I don't have a problem with – I'm talking about Middle Earth now. Uh, that's what we're on because we're on a cosmic sea. And I'm just going with the ancient view. That's what everybody believed. It once you go far back enough. And that's why we're not hearing about it. There's, that's why these agents don't talk about it. Uh, Eric Dubay is some th- same thing, some, th- some things about it. But anyway, my view of the – present time, and I could be wrong, is that it's not, it's being mistranslated, it doesn't mean corners, uh, it just means regions, and you'll actually see that in some Bible translations, so that's my solution, and uh, so that's the little 
No, a sphere, cosmological update. Go ahead. A spherical, a spherical shape can have uh, what what we call regions or areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pillars. Yeah. They're also described as pillars. And I take the pillars. Uh, no, I, I take the pillars literally. I think there's pillars supporting the whole thing. Literally. Uh, yeah. I, well, people actually, now I talked about. I'm going to open up a little bit. People got revelation on this, and we were told there's four of them. Now, if you stop and think, that's the most logical number, more than any other number. The next would be probably be three, because you don't need four. And they were actually told, because I asked a specific question, because I was suspicious, because the number four is extremely important in Scripture. People do not realize this. I believe there's four archangels. There's, a, there's an upper pantheon within the royal court of 70 that we've talked about, and that is what we call the inner family. There are seven male spirits that stand before the throne, and they have seven female counterparts. This is the ancient view. It's been suppressed, okay? This dumbed-down angelology, which keeps getting dumber and dumber and simpler and simpler, and Christians just swallow it up because that's all they're exposed to. And uh, anyway, um, within that upper pantheon of seven, there is a primary four, and I used to hold to the view that there was only one archangel because that's what scripture said but um i hold to the view that there's four and there's evidence for that outside the canon but we got revelation on that too that did that, that didn't come from me but i've sufficiently verified it see when people get revelations the first thing that dave does is start running tests on it i'm not one of these naive people you know that hear from demons and believe what they're told the biggest example of that is, is these New Agers who listen to channeling. Unbelievable. I mean, these people have no critical thinking skills whatsoever. Because all you got to do is just compare channeler with channeler. They all contradict themselves. And I've actually had to develop a theory that God does not allow the Illuminati. This is Illuminati channeling. Okay? Because I believe most channeling comes from demons. This is sophisticated propaganda. Okay? It's all manufactured. But God says, okay, you can deceive the people, but make sure that it's contradictory so that if anyone wants to think for themselves, instead of believe what they're told, they can easily find out that it is a lie. Now, the reason they can't do that is because it says expressly in Scripture, I believe it's Isaiah 25, that the nations have a veil over them, and in the future it's going to be removed when there's a great feast, and this has to do after... Israel is restored. You'll see it right there in the book of Isaiah. The veil is removed. The first veil that's going to be removed is over God's people. Everybody has a veil over them. Okay, God's going to wake his people up, and then the rest of the world, and the exact opposite happens with judgment. Judgment begins first with the house of God. This is what Peter said. And then he's going to deal with the wicked nations later. But first he's going to use the wicked nations to deal with his people. Now, I believe that both is going to happen in this historical period. They're contemporaneous. He's going to do both. He's going to um, judge his people first, and then he's going to judge the nations, but he's also going to bless his people, and, and he's going to bless the nations. So it's very curious. How does this work? Well, it depends which group you're in. There's going to be a group that's left behind. They're not going to make it on the new exodus. They will be judged. They will reject the prophet, and they will not make it. And I've never said that before. You go, 
What did you just say? Yes. Um, see, we need to move on. Well, I'll just baby talk. Do you believe in this exodus or not? Because I, I've said before, we were going to. I thought I was going to do a show with Johnny about this, and it was a completely different show. He had questions for me about the book of Exodus. I thought he was going to ask me questions about the new Exodus. And so I had this intro planned about why people don't do this. And, and, and basically it's because they don't have a firm belief in it. If you, if you believe this is real, you're going to be intensely curious about finding out details about this event. Because you're going to want well, to go on it. You see that? It won't, it, it won't just be inquisitiveness. It will be a, li- a, new, and, a new and living way. Mm-hmm. It's not not dead. This is uh, this is very serious. <clears throat> these uh, for, these pillars and uh, scriptures speak of. Uh, I will make you a pillar in the house of yeah. my my uh, father. Yeah, that's a why pillar. I talk about that ancient pillar symbology, which the Illuminati actually uses. They were doing that with nine eleven there in the twin towers, which represented two people: the king and queen of Israel. It's destruction ritual. Christian brain can't process yeah. it because they don't understand yeah. anything about the the, the the language of symbolism. They don't understand anything. They're not supposed to know. You have to study well, it. They have, not even studying. Not even studying the Bible. So what are they going to know about that? Right? Nothing. Well, if they're able to detect the counterfeit, uh, the counterfeit, the copycats, and, and you know that uh, what's that? Uh, not the esoteric, but the uh, exoteric. Then they can. The outer line. Yeah. The outer rind. The because, because the Father is putting everything in front of our eyes to see. And, you know, if we don't see, uh, uh, it's not given to us. But it, for those who he uh, has given eyes that do see, uh, it's his light that we see these things. In his light, mm-hmm. we see light. And I so, just want to say something. Bruce, real quick, that I've never said on this show, but one, there's many, many things you can do with the artificial night sky. Once you insert the sovereign God, he's involved with this. The reason that it's there is because God has some purpose, no matter how obscure. Okay, so you can use that irrefutable knowledge <coughs> that the night sky is artificial uh, to prove certain things. And one of the things I haven't mentioned is this process of revelation. It has a starting point. It's already begun. And here's the reason why. Because what that is doing is telling you a simple, basic, irrefutable truth. Something is wrong. And we didn't know it. And you better believe it's important. It has to do with an essential component of your reality. That's the night sky. Now, our reality (laughs) is more based on a blinking screen, but in the ancient world, they were looking to the stars all the time because they had beliefs about them that Christians don't have today. And I've talked about that before. That well, was the reason perfect. why they were looking yeah. so much. It's a perfect idiot test. They have made us look the opposite direction. I actually believe there's a conspiracy to make us look down. And I'm going to tell you something. We live in a controlled system, and it's, an, it, it's a fact that people are progressively looking down. Stop and think about that. Isn't that true? Oh, farther no. and farther down and less and less up. This is true. Now, I'm saying in a controlled system, this was done intentionally. It's absolutely amazing. So, there you go. Okay, got that out of the way. 
many things you can do with the, the artificial night sky. Once you relate it to God, God is doing something. What is he doing? You've got to insert God in there. He's, he's always involved. So. Well, the, uh, he's a, you know, the, the controller and, and that which is controlled are, um, are not different. Uh, you know, we, we separate everything. Uh-huh. And uh, he's hands-on. He's not, uh, he's fine, but, but he's not. Because uh, um, that's his glory, is to hide a matter. That, mm-hmm. There uh, you go. Christians don't believe that God hides things from them. They think he wants to show them everything. And those of us the Holy Spirit believe, to show us everything. Go ahead. And he hides he hides his own. Mm-hmm. Okay, Channing's here. He's the Channing's the main guy. See, this is your podcast, Channing. Now you can go wild. You can carry the podcast. You can do whatever you want. Just don't drop an F bomb or anything like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sink the podcast. We've got buried F bombs and I can't even remember where they're at now. Oh. Few, only a few, uh, very few. I just realized we got one out there, and guess who said it? I won't, I won't say. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, it's not me. Remember how they said? Remember how you said uh, the, uh, the doctors uh, are in love with heart surgeries? They want people to get in for heart surgeries. Absolutely, there's massive conspiracies having to do with a heart surgery. Anything have to do with the heart? And, uh, a they came across an article about how erectile dysfunction is uh, related to uh, heart problems. Are they are they trying to get people into the surgery room because of? Their... Okay, uh, I don't know about that because I haven't uh, studied that kind of thing or heard about the relationship. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because uh, that has to do with blood flow, and. Um, Obviously, it has to do with the heart, so uh, that's the basis for that correlation. Oh. If it's true. i never heard it before. Yeah, everybody needs to get their heart surgery. So there's a great book out there called Left for Dead, which I have, and the guy's not conspiratorial, but he is a product of um, Illuminati microengineering. He basically destroyed his whole life because he kept going back to the doctor, and every time he went to the doctor, the doctor mutilated him and damaged him physically. This is what they do. This is why we created a podcast about Illuminati medicine and mutilation. Wake up, folks. Realize what's going on. Think for yourself. Is this actually benefiting me? How does it benefit me? Everything he does, the doctor, if you have knowledge, you go hold it. This is not going to help anybody. This is damaging a person. Why do I want to do this? Good question. No, doctor, Don't do it. Doctor, Dr. Dum-Dum's got to keep everybody num-num, see? And as long as the brain is numb, uh, there's not going to be any critical thinking. Uh What's interesting is Dr. Dum-Dum drugs you, and then he expects absolute obedience, which you'll actually see in in a hospital with these nurses where they worship the... the, the, I mean, they practically... uh, I've seen this. I used to be as a janitor in a hospital. I would see them practically curtsy when the doctor would approach, and it was always like, the doctor's coming down the hallway. And you'd see them all start, you know, put on a little show for him. There's a reason why they're MDs. I think it, they probably it does refer to a medical deity. They're gods. 
They wield absolute authority. They're protected by lawyers because they do. I, I call it criminal activity. Okay. Well, the very two professions uh, Jesus Christ really condemned. They they kill people. Go ahead. And they're protected by lawyers. Well, they just feed their parasitical. Uh, they feed off of other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and endure it. Uh, uh, so if they can endure the suffering, they they could uh, they get rewarded and they get perks. Mm-hmm. They get perks. And this is why I say that doctors are some of the most mind controlled people out there because they're literally harming people with their hands every day, and they cannot acknowledge it. Now it doesn't get much worse than that. It. it you got they got some commonalities where they with an astronomer that can look through his um his telescope and not acknowledge the artificial night sky because his brain cannot process that. So he's not gonna see anything. And what are we talking about? A reality is right in front of him and he can't see it. Because that's not supposed to happen. And I've said the same thing before. I mean when I was sun gazing for years I was looking at and seeing these dark clouds behind the moon, I realized that instantly when I saw my first dark cloud, I go, well, my God, I'm, this must have been happening over and over again. But my brain couldn't process it. And that's what they do. They program you so you cannot acknowledge reality and what is set right in front of your feet. And God sets things in front of our feet to illustrate something, and sometimes he does that to illustrate how blind we are. He's doing a lot of these things for the watchers, I'm deliberately using that word. And he's saying, watch what happens. I'm going to illustrate something. And he says the truth right at your feet, but he's blinded us. And he says to the watchers, look how blind they are. Isn't that profound? And the angels will go, ooh, they're really stupid. (laughs) We forget about the angels that God does things for them. Because we've been psyoped into believing that uh, mankind's the apex of creation. We're superior. It all revolves around us. And, of course, that's going to be what I call the 180-degree life in Illuminati over and over again. And they get away with it because God gave them permission, and he blinded everybody. Everybody, including me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your entire life those... is programming yourself. Go ahead. Wasn't Apex a movie? Well, I mean, it may be. I don't know. I never heard of it. <coughs> it's like I was doing <laughs> Is that a horror film? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you watching your horror well, yeah. films, Channy? This time of year? Oh. I'm I'm seeing some stuff, but I keep wanting to watch this or that and get distracted. Do you know if you're in, an intellectual you get distracted? You know, you get distracted by information. And so oh, I, I don't watch television, I watch everything on a computer and when I'm watching a movie all these things are going on in my head, then I stop the movie, put it on pause, and do a Google search. The primary thing that, that Dave does is thinking and Google searches in the last 20 years. What's the main thing you've been doing, Dave? Thinking and Google searches. And I think about things, and then I put them in the Google searches. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. question. Uh, why, why do we have the sentence of death in ourselves? The sentence of death because... Um, there's an exoteric reason, and there's an esoteric reason. And the exoteric, these are both spoken of in Scripture, okay? Oh, uh, yes. The exoteric reason, Scripture declares that there's a corporate judgment 
that fell on all mankind because of the sin of Adam. And we yeah. believe that, right? Unless we're like a liberal or something. Mm-hmm. And there was a big debate about that in the time of Augustine. Um, There's a big controversy well, what, 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 about whether what, that was true or not, because this has to do with inheriting uh, this Pelagian controversy. There was an Irish monk called Pelagius. And so whether we actually inherit this sinful nature, uh, most Christians today are, are professing Christians are Pelagius or semi-Pelagian. They don't really believe this any, or they act like they may profess it, but they act like uh, you know, because they talk about well, I mean, babies are innocent, and God would not hold them accountable, and blah blah blah. Okay, but the <laughs> the esoteric reason is explained in Romans eight, which Dave read through earlier. It has nothing to do whatsoever with the will of the creature, whether it does good or bad. You'll see that right there with Esau and Jacob. It, it says that explicitly. Um, yes. Let's just believe it. it. Has nothing to do. Let's pretend the cre- the creatures don't exist. Because guess what? They didn't exist. The it all has to do with the decree of God. Uh, generally, Calvinists emphasize that, and other people ignore it, including the Lutherans. The Lutherans are supposed to believe in predestination, but it talks about the decrees. And if God decrees something, it, it's going to come to pass because God doesn't fail. I mentioned that earlier. And Satan knows all about that. Okay, so. God did something that most Christians can't really process, but he created a creation to glorify himself and then assembled all the the, uh, the pieces in order to do precisely that. And so Romans 8 teaches the responsibility of God. God was responsible for Adam's sin. There's a, a whole string of things that God could have done that would not have happened. You know, let's keep it simple. Uh, keep the serpent out of the garden because you love Adam so much, you know what I mean? And you don't, you love humanity, you don't want all the suffering. Look at the amazing suffering. Your your brain can't even process it. Just look what happened at, at the, um, like I pointed out, you know, the Great Flood, the massive suffering of animal and, 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 and man and woman and child. It, your brain can't even process that. Yeah. Your brain cannot process the suffering of a single act of Adam. And he was not deceived. He willfully did that knowing, to some degree, what would happen. He did it for love of Eve, in my view. But she was deceived. But anyway, God's accountable for everything. He's in, in, uh, his providence is ordering everything, our entire environment, just like the artificial night sky. That's there for a reason. Factoring God. What is God doing here? Now let's get going. You know, let's get more sophisticated. Let's start thinking. You need to move beyond the reality of the artificial night sky and start asking the question, why? You know, I mean, what's what's God doing with all that? You know. So um, it teaches the responsibility of God. It has nothing to do with the the, the creation, the will of the creation. Look at uh, you can start there reading in Romans eight nineteen. So it has to do with God wants to glorify himself, and he wants to illustrate something. So there you go. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. And that sentence of death, this sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in what? Ourselves. I did a show with Danny. You cannot Mm -hmm. place trust in anything outside of God. 
We've been programmed to trust in the system. And I started talking about it, and Channing's programming started breaking down. Remember that, Channing? You didn't like that too much. You're going, whoa, here, man. What are you, you, what are you doing, man? I said, you can't trust in anything. You can, now, here's the key word. I said hope. I said there is no hope outside of God. What the Illuminati does is they create one false hope after another, like a carnival huckster, and they give you the big sell, and Christians swallow it up. It's called politics. Yeah? That's good for starters. And that's a carnival act. Yeah? Mm-hmm. With it's actors on a payroll. Well, all, all kinds of images. Images, images and symbols and ideas and concepts and words and beliefs. and What about when they all... do... Uh... Do do uh, they tried to shoot uh, at Ronald? Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Bush Senior tried to shoot at Ronald Reagan. Who tried to shoot at Ronald Reagan? Yeah, someone tried to shoot at Ronald Reagan. What what about that? Um, why would the Illuminati do that? I think we talked about that before. It, it's a, it's a staged. It's called street drama. Okay, it's all staged. Yeah. And the reason is, is because, look at I've actually illustrated on the show that they have the ability to read your mind, and that's why um, when I had the thought to turn on the television, they turned it on for me precisely before I could, just, I, mean, I just had that thought, I was starting to turn. It's just electromagnetic frequency, which is information that is readable. Okay, so, any criminal act is monitored by a machine it's a sentient being, and no one can disprove this. But you don't have to go with this theory. I could dumb it down. They still, they still know what you're going to do before you do it. You have to think about it first and then move from point A to point B. But you could call it the, uh, the Pope Mobile Principle. They actually want to protect the Pope uh, because <laughs> things can happen spontaneously. They have shields up that are impenetrable, and unless God puts the shields down or enables, authorizes an angel, you can do nothing. No bullets can fly. They can materialize a bullet. They can dematerialize you. But they don't need to do that in a crowd. They'll just do the bullet. They can do this stuff in football games. Okay? I mean, this is a different reality than Christians believe in, or even, I'm a deep conspiracy theorist, Dave, but you're blowing my mind. Uh, That would be true. You know what I mean? Uh, These are godmen that you're dealing with, and all crime is authorized by them, but they also prevent crime because they have a ritualistic mind. That's their religion. And they want crime to occur for a ritualistic purpose at a precise time to empower the black magician. This is the way it's done. You either process that or you don't. Very few people can. Okay? So the reason that happens is because they wanted it to happen. It's all scripted. Nothing spontaneous. You got that? Did you? Did you know that the word for uh, the word used by uh, Jesus Christ uh, for the, the uh, hypocrites they were they were actors they were acting out religious yeah roles. that's interesting yeah uh, according to Jesus the vast majority of professing Christians are exactly that and I've I've thought this all through they're what they would call in the first century apostolic era a hypocrite. You prove to me that these people are hot. Jesus said that if you're not hot or cold, 
I wish that you were hot or cold, because you're not, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Where are these hot Christians? Show them to me, because I don't see them. And that's a huge subject. Because I hold to the view that we have different standards for holiness, and we better, because we cannot live up to a first century apostolic standard. We're not even close, folks. And uh, you had to do that to be the elect. You had to keep the law, even though you're not directly saved by keeping it. The reason you keep it is to glorify God. It talks about this <clears throat> in uh, Romans chapter 2. It says uh, the Gentiles are blasphemed. Uh, because the of name you. Of I'm God, not quoting the writer. The name, of, the name of God is blasphemed because yeah. of the nations. Yeah. Now, these are people that are concerned about keeping the Torah. These are Torah observers, so what we call a Jew. But they're hypocrites, you see. And a lot of the Pharisees that way. Um, I don't want to go into all that right now. But yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we can't even hold up to a first century standard. You see, the reason they had a higher holiness standard is because um, the early churches were under apostolic guidance. Okay? And you see this in First Corinthians chapter 5. You have immorality, and Paul says, get them out of there. Okay? Now ask yourself this question. Uh, is that going on in local churches? Now, let me explain why it's not. Are apostles guiding the local church, and do you think if they were, the standards would be higher? You better believe it. So that proves right there we have a lower standard, and it's getting worse and worse and worse just through the principle of devolution. Uh, every, our entire environment is deteriorating. It's becoming more corrupt. You see with images... We're being gradually pornified. Uh, there's nothing you can do to stop it, um, ultimately, except completely leave this technocracy and go out and live in the woods somewhere, and then don't, don't turn that stuff on, because you'll be corrupted. So I've said in the Bible, or on the show, that sin is the punishment for sin, and God is punishing Israel with corruption. God is involved with this. It's, corruption is a punishment you can see in Romans chapter 1 that sin is a punishment for sin, even though Christians don't believe it, because God would never do that, but go open your Bible, and you will see that he's punishing people who refuse to repent with sin. He's turning them over and abandoning them, and Christians don't believe that God does that kind of thing. That's because they stare at a television screen. So The pastors, they, they don't know either. They didn't talk about well. that. They didn't get that far in seminary. It only lasted four years. It's called the fear of God. Mm-hmm. This is why you fear God. God can abandon you. He, he abandoned Saul, and he does the same thing today. He abandoned the, the Korah, right? The earth swallowed him up, and Christians assume, well, God doesn't do that kind of thing today. He, It's, it's kind of like this is a different God now. He's more gracious, more loving, more forgiving. No. The same God. God's nature doesn't change. Um, but it's a little bit more complex because his plan um, changes. It has cyclical in nature, and it has to be because the nature of man is devolving. That's a self-evident fact. And so even though God doesn't respond to anything outside himself, he's the first cause of all things. There is a relation, relationship there and apparent response that God caused all that in the first place. And the reason is because the creature 
cannot act independently of the creator. He doesn't have the ability to act. So he, he doesn't have the power to do anything. He can't sustain his own being. Uh, God has to empower him to sin. This is called theology, folks. This is all in your Bible. So let's see who's in the chat room. A uh, white raven. <coughs> Did you hear that I uh, wanted the people to talk on here and interact? I actually wanted to. I wanted to leave. This is a great opportunity to talk to uh, Bruce or Teflon. Teflon says he's charging his phone. Or talk to Channing. Speaking of Channing, what's what's next up on the plate? He's always got uh, questions. Another thing is names. Uh, names used to be sacred back in the day, um, uh, and now people just choose names like Bobby, Susan, Brittany, John. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's not sacred anymore. People's names because names evolution. actually meant something. Well, I mean, nowadays, you know, when people were like looking for baby names, they look at what are the first things they do is what they look in the baby names book. How do we even know that that's legit? How do we even know that that's actually the real origin, that baby name book online or wherever it is? Well, here's what's interesting. Um, all names are assigned by God because everything else is assigned. And you actually see this in Scripture. Okay? But it's not just the important names. It becomes obvious that God is naming people. But it's, he's not just naming important people. He, he's naming everything. So you know, Jimi Hendrix's name was actually already, you know, set forth. Everything, for example, proceeds from God as an ultimate cause. Now, all words have a uh, when you pronounce them, they have a unique energy signature, and it all means something very profound. And basically, I'm saying that God did all that. He gave you that name for a reason. Well, what about the what about the uh, the couple that uh, just uh, had a baby not too long ago, and they wanted to name their kid Lucifer? That's from God too. That's a punishment from God. Now I want to say that um, you can see that God is prophesying the nature of these children. Uh, a good example of that. Uh, well, I'll skip over Hosea one. That's a little bit different. Uh, but you see, the names have a profound meaning there about the nature of Israel. On a, on a timeline, but uh, you can see that God is basically saying to name this child this or that because um, it's going to be good or bad in the future. It's a prophecy, you see. There you go. It, it can be other things. Um, supposedly, Luluan, the wife of Cain, according to Jewish tradition, her name means beautiful. Well, the name means that. And obviously, she's going to be beautiful because, see, early mankind who had not suffered the effects of devolution on an ongoing basis, they were very much like an angel. So angels do not have um, ugliness. Ugliness is a punishment. It has to do with the fall. And they all have their own unique beauty. But it's unequal. It's never precise precisely equal, you know what I mean? But there's no ugliness in their form. That has to do with man, and I said earlier that mankind is the one that has to bear the punishment, the burden. And I talked about a concept on the earlier show that angels do suffer, but it's 
So your names, our names are named for a reason by our parents, and we don't actually have a real name behind our uh, earthly okay. name? What you have to do is look at the big picture. Everything happens for a reason. It doesn't have any, see, what we do, we go, well, I can't understand that. That doesn't mean anything. God does everything for a reason. It has nothing to do with your comprehension. So names would be just like everything else. Yeah. God so if my name Channing means knowing, but I don't know that much, well, you hang around the... here, and you're going to start going into hyperdrive, man. <laughs> hey, you know, to say I'm blind, really, actually, I'm blind, that's not bad. And uh, That's a good thing. Pre- that's progression. Not to pretend. It has to do with not self-knowledge, know thyself. Not to just Wasn't say story, it. Didn't Samson say that he could see much better after his eyes was poked out? Uh, what non-canonical text was that? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, there was the guy that had uh, the long hair. He was powered by right. long. Uh, and no, when he the, continued to the, be blind until he died. He died a blind man. But it is true that his, his eyes out. Right? It is true that his physical blindness induced um, his spiritual eyes to see. He woke up. Okay, yeah, because when I saw them cap- ca- capture him in in, in the uh, f- film, they, they they captured him, and then they um, who was it that um, gave away his secrets and cut his hair? Uh, it was. Uh, you know, I was just talking about Delilah today. Delilah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Delilah betrayed him. I guess who uh, I was talking and, to? Um, the little Satanist. Didn't they poke his eyes out, and then he said, I can see much better? No. Well, that's what happened in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) What movie was that? That the Illuminati made to to mock Christians. It was the Bible series. (laughs) Straight from Illuminati, huh? (laughs) Maybe it's a Christian company controlled by the Illuminati. They, They put out some pretty good stuff. With the Bible series, TV, t- television show, oh, you got a lot of... Oh, there you go. Now, I've never yeah, watched got that. got a lot of reviews. And uh, Obama got very upset by it, too, because uh, they portrayed oh, the devil in the Bible that's series. That's stage drama. He did what his handler told him to say. Go on, he looked just, like you're offended. He looked just like uh, Obama, the devil, in that. They probably did that deliberately. It, it did in the series. It looked like him. They want you to believe that uh, he's the Antichrist, and if you become increasingly uh, delusional, you can start thinking maybe he's the uh, the devil himself. No, that comes from Illuminati think tank too. Geom geometry isn't isn't the Antichrist name supposed to equal six six six? You know who created geometry? I can't pronounce. But anyway, the guy that created that is called Jim. Geometry. Geometry, yeah. Jim, his Jim. His name was Jim. Do you remember his last name? Uh, a tree? A tree? I, I can't remember. Is it Jim Tree? Jim. <laughs> <a weird>, <laughs> no, no. Okay. I don't know. Uh, you guys don't look to me for contributions. I'm looking to you for contributions. You kept contributing when I was kind of trying to 
muffle you in the first podcast. Now you're in the passive mode here. Come on. Oh. Uh, well, you mom. fried my brain. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> always fry your brain. Every single show I do, I fry your brain. Do you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> and that what uh, I want to know, what happens to your brain after I fry it for the remainder of that podcast? Well, it makes an egg, and eggs are good for you. Does it shut down? <laughs> I don't know. It's just Can you fry an egg on your brain uh, after you <laughs> listen to me? Um, I tried it. See, now here's a principle for that. Uh, I've said that the brain is electromagnetic, and you can fry an egg on a cell phone, and that's electromagnetic. So you should be able to f- at least check the You can get an egg to get lukewarm after, you know, put it on your head. And I'd recommend put it on your forehead because you've got your hair there. So get as oh, close you know how to as make- possible and lay back after you've listened to me go on a, one of these long conspiratorial rants. And get that little temperature gauge there and see if you can measure any uh, heat. Do, do Do you know how to check to Before see if a, if a if a if a if an egg is bad? Say it again. Do you know how to check to see if an egg is bad? You You drop it in a bowl of water, and if it uh, floats to the top, it's bad. If it mm, sinks I've to the bottom, it's bad. I actually forgot about it. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I don't eat but, eggs though. Huh? But no, I don't believe that eggs are bad. <laughs> I mean, organic ones. Might be free range. Well, non-fertilized eggs are aren't healthy. They're only when they're fertilized they have the nutrients that. Uh... Do you like tofu? No, you want to avoid tofu. That's a oh. soy product. Hmm. The soy has been ruined. I hold to the theory that soy is not so bad. It should not be a significant part of our diet. They've given us false staple foods. I've pointed out before. I've you know, created a short list. But the reason it's so bad is because it's genetically modified. Soy is one of the. It's like corn. It's one of the worst things out there that's been modified. And that's why they put it. Notice how. Now let's stop and think about this. Is it true or is it not true that soy and corn have been you know, modified pretty much more than anything. And is it also not true that soy and corn is like almost omnipresent in our diet? Do you not remember the movie, uh, do you remember the movie Gremlins? Just a second. I want to point out, you see how that's done deliberately to poison us? Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a film out there, which I believe is available on, on, on YouTube. I had it on my computer. I downloaded it. It's called King Corn. Yeah, and, yeah, I've uh, seen the that. The entire yeah. film is about the diabolical usage of corn and to hide it and disguise it. It's genetically modified. It's everywhere. It's yeah, they're feeding the cows now uh, M&Ms from what I hear. I think they're feeding cows M&Ms now. Nothing would surprise me. Last night on your show, we were talking about how uh, Satan still Satan. The, uh, Satanist delight in uh, having us eat human excrement and um, human flesh in our fast food. They're going to be motivated to, to do that kind of thing. So they did it. Because God allowed them to. Everything's been corrupted. You're quiet tonight, Bruce. Yeah, the... Uh 
the uh, wickedness of the seed of the serpent is is so beyond uh, you know that normalized Satanism you were speaking of earlier, mm-hmm. where people don't question things, and uh, it's not evil conspiracies, but it's an actual conspiracy of evil going on, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it it involves all. They want to cover all bases, but uh, greater is he uh, that said all things, that created all things, than uh, than the creature, by far. And he's everywhere. <laughs> I'm reading the uh, little Satanist messaging me on Facebook. That's what I call it, a little Satanist. Such a distraction. <clears throat> I told her I had to come on and do a show. She still texted me. Well, what would you say would be one of the main reasons that these uh, so-called scientists like to portray the heavens as being infinite and without boundaries? Why? Uh, there, I what? can tell you uh, why exactly. It's called a 180-degree lie principle. They tell you yeah. the opposite. Now, in the ancient world, this is what scholars will tell you, that all the cosmologies, you know, different cultures, were enclosed. Mm-hmm. So what they do is the exact opposite. They project everything out there. You know, the Earth is fixed, so they're going to tell you, oh, it's hurtling through space. You know, the the stars are small. Uh, well, they're going to start concocting... Uh, mythological tales about massive planets, you know, it's a super planet. <laughs> and uh, and the same thing uh, with, you know, outer space. It's all out there. It's just endless. It never ends. And you'll notice that, that what did I just say? That's 180 degrees opposite of an enclosed cosmology where everything is fixed and limited spatially. They do the exact opposite. That is the satanic mind at work. Satanism is a religion of opposites across the board. Yeah, because they actually have Satanists doing these documentaries. Uh, one of them was, I, I, I saw one where Alec Baldwin <laughs> talking about how... <laughs> He's supposing as a Christian, if I have the right Baldwin uh, brother. You're talking about Chuck Baldwin. He ran for president. That's a different fake Christian who is an agent, in my opinion. Baldwin, I was going to have him on the show. I I, I sent his uh, agent uh, a message. Uh, Look at Connie's already uh, talked about him on a show. Um, about halfway through all the shows we've ever done. No, honestly, I like Chuck Baldwin's sermons. He's got great sermons. Absolutely, he's there to snucker you into his web. <laughs> I don't know Look at, why oh, he's just, It's real simple. Real simple. They have Pied Pipers to lure you uh, to follow them, and they're going to lead you into this delusional belief that we can take America back in Jesus' mighty name through revolution. And when they do that, they'll bring out the quiet weaponry and absolutely smash everybody. 
Oh yeah, well, it doesn't matter if you have your guns or not. Showed, you have no defense. He showed against, up at he showed up at the the Bundy Ranch situation that took place for a while, and then okay. um guess 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 what? If there was the Illuminati that uh had really had that victory, and it wasn't the people that had that victory, because remember how they were all waving their 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 American flags on their horses, and they said, "Get out of here, BLM." Well, what what about that? What about the fact that uh, Harry Reid uh, wound up with a black and blue, and everybody was saying on the on, on the internet, including Harry Reid himself, was saying that, oh, it was from uh, falling off a treadmill or something. When really it was because uh, Harry Reid uh, was supposed to get that land for China or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that uh, Chuck Baldwin was there and it's being publicized. Um, he did. Harry Reid got a black and blue on the eyes. No, I'm talking about at the ranch. Let's go back to that. That that. that See, anybody can show up at that ranch, but the fact that it's publicized, they publicize their own. They want to create controversy and, and make it, you know, it's just like, you know, what's the... Uh, these clowns that uh, every time there's something going on with a perceived persecution of um, Afro-Americans, they got these guys that are flying around like uh, Rep- Reverend... Uh, well, I don't know too much about that yeah, Michael Brown, yeah. Brown case or whatever, because I've seen the video of Michael Brown. He was acting like a very on a on a big rampage uh, when he was in the store taking the cigar box from the owner or I'm whatever. I'm sure that was all just manufactured street drama. But then, but the, but the Eric Garner case in New York, that I, I feel for that guy. I mean, the guy he got choked out by a guy. Well, you're, that you're was supposed to emotionally wearing, identify with him. You know the guy that choked out Eric Garner was actually he had a he had a, a saint a saint in tattoo on his leg. <laughs> yeah, they wanted you to know about that, didn't they? That's yeah. Publicized. He had a tattoo of a saint on his leg. Okay. Well, you know what's really interesting today? I, I watched a documentary on the Panama Canal. I, I watched a few of them, but uh, the entire it was like two hours long two hours and 15 minutes and uh, the entire the entire thing was about race it wasn't about the Panama Canal it was I mean I I was like I I, I saw exactly what they were doing but the the entire thing was about race races mm-hmm. and uh, it was all um, it, it was, it was, you know. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I was just like, I, I everything was about, you know, these people were treated badly by these uh, these evil people that wanted the Panama Canal, Canal built, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> another conspiracy, just like Pearl Harbor and everything else. Sure, it just goes on and on. What about what my dad was telling me about how uh, he was uh, living in the days of when uh, everybody got out of their cars. didn't matter if it was on a bridge, in a city, wherever, at their jobs. They walked out of their jobs when when the the, – when gas prices went up too high, and then the very next day or the same day or something like that, the gas prices went right back down. That wasn't Illuminati control. All the American people were unified. United we stand, divided we fall. <laughs> Do 
I want to tackle that one? <laughs> you keep trying to pro- disprove my theory, which is proven by the artificial night sky, that we live in a system of control. That, but that wasn't orchestrated or controlled. That was actually a grassroots movement where people actually got out of the cars, got to uh, stop working, and just left their jobs until they... Okay. Now, I talked about that. Yeah. I, I gave the illustration, unless this was manufactured, because some of this stuff is, that over, what is it called, Tiananmen Square over there in China, they had a, a single guy who stood in front of a tank. You can stop a tank with a human being... Uh, temporarily. But do you think you're going to continue to stop tanks every day with a human being standing in front of them? No. They're going to work around that little problem. So it's a temporal fix, and Illuminati is a lot more smarter than you. But you can impede things strategically, temporally. Can you do anything ultimately long-term? I mean, Absolutely this was nothing. like... Uh, in you're a playing a, ch- a chess master. I think you cannot win the boring. game. We're not empowered. God has to empower us. It all comes down to one thing. You cannot beat the system. If you believe you can uh, beat the system, you're delusional. I'd like to go see if you can go do that because it's not going to happen. No, but I'm saying when people were actually, you know... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 40s, you know... I'd have to investigate that, but those, those things can happen. I think it was the Roaring Twenties that messed up a lot of people or whatever, you know, because it's just like, oh, yeah, that was all. Everybody get out and dance and, you know, smoke your new cigarettes that came out in, what, 1913? Yeah, well, there's two different views of that. Uh, what they were doing, let's talk about that real quick. What the Illuminati was doing the Roaring was Twenties. prepping people for World War Two. okay? Um, American males lost their jobs. And Roosevelt got in there and gave them a job, but it was a slave job. In the twenties, just a in second. You know, in just a second, you know what it was doing? It was it was preparing. No, in the thirties, it was preparing the American male. I'm talking about the Roaring Twenties, where people were all. I'll talk excited. about that. I'm going to talk yeah. about that. Just a second. <clears throat> it was preparing the American male for military service to make it more inviting. Yeah. Stop and think about that. They were prepping people. Now let's go back to God. What was God doing? God's, the Depression was God's response to the Roaring Twenties. Stop and think about that. Do you think that might be true? Oh, yeah. This goes on all through history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got the Illuminati involved, you got God involved, and uh, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on. So, yeah. Yeah, they create all these slave jobs. And we should have these slave jobs now. We're not getting them, which is interesting. they got a different program, and that's to put people on a food card and make you dependent on the, on the government, but you're not actually employed. This is very interesting, because this is a different social engineering program. Different. different. Yeah. Before they were employing you. They were employing you. You see that? In the 1930s? They're not trying to employ people. They don't want you to be employed. Plus, there's a lot that more sounds funny at- when I say that, doesn't it? They don't want you to be employed. Plus, there's a lot more stay-at-home dads like me, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, especially white Christian men. Uh-huh. They want them sitting in front of a blinking screen, hour after hour, stuffing themselves with poison. That's what they want. Yep. Is that true? Or- That's true, isn't it? 
Now, they don't have a, a big problem with, you know, Mexicans working, do they? They seem to be quite eager to put these people into positions of employment, but the white male? No. They want them sitting in front of a television set, eating uh, white flour, uh, toxic salt, the three big white killers, and uh, sugar, soy, all this other stuff, you know, the GMO food. Just destroy yourself while you're being programmed. Doritos. And you won't be a problem for us. They've taken you out. All you're doing is occupying space. We call it entertainment, don't we? I call it intertrainment. You're being trained to destroy yourself and internalize as much propaganda as humanly possible. Internment. Sit, yeah. You're actually in your own concentration camp. They've entrapped you in your body, and they've entrapped, enslaved your mind. And there you sit, knowing nothing. And people look at me, Dave just called another person a mind-controlled slave. He's a radical conspiracy theorist. That would be true. That's because they've manufactured a false normal to make Dave appear radical. Notice that one thing that Dave does on the show over and over again, this is my favorite thing to do, Uh, point out one self-evident fact after another, been there all along, all I do is point at it. When I point at it, it's obvious that it's true, unless people can't think clearly. Now, that's my opinion. You can develop your own. And they have a show called Dancing with the Stars. And what do you think is the esoteric purpose behind all that? I don't know. What's bad about dancing? Well, the, the Illuminati created the carnival. Yeah. It's called America, and they created a party. Mm-hmm. And that's called America, too. The party's going to come to an end. So they're partying up, and the doom is coming. They're actually telling us that the doom is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We don't know when. But the, the party is manufactured. Because there doesn't have to be a party. You see? People were not partying in the 1930s. They shut everything down. The people with money, they'll, they'll always keep partying right on. Until trouble comes knocking at your door. Or you're, if you, perhaps you are a Christian with with wealth, but you have a heartfelt uh, sense of uh, concern about the state of this nation, and maybe you'll turn off the blinking screen and start doing what you're supposed to do, which is get on your knees and start praying for people. Pray for this nation, okay? But very few people do that. And uh, <clears throat> they're too distracted, and they can't How even. How many focus. people does it require to uh, pray for the nation in order for something particular? One person. One person. That's one. the typical teaching. Wow. Does that surprise so one... you? No, it doesn't surprise me. It's just amazing. That's all. Uh, well, you'll see that uh, where the situation with Hezekiah, uh, Judah was corrupt, and. Uh, the Assyrian armies marched against them, and it was because of his prayer that God, quote-unquote, relented. That was his plan all along. And salvaged them, and he sent a single angel of death and destroyed their whole army. One angel of death. This is what the Illuminati fear. Like I said before, they don't know when they're they're going to strike next. 
Well, you, you don't think that there's at least one person praying in America for America? Well, you cannot move God with prayer. Does that surprise you? The reason is, is because you can't pray. God has to give you the prayer. Everything you have, all I'm doing is repeating what the Protestant Reformers taught, which is the highest uh, theological reformation we've ever had. If you can't acknowledge that, you only know about history. They all taught that. Martin Luther <coughs> taught that. And this is because the nature of man is depraved and wicked. He has nothing good. And his will has to be empowered by God, even to sin. I've pointed that out before, but let's go to Romans 7. Paul talks about, I desire the good, but I can't do it. See, and now you can, take, you can have a step back. See, even the ability to desire good, because a lot of people, don't, they don't desire good. What they desire is wickedness, selfishness, materialism. That itself is a gift of God. But Paul's not talking about that. He's proceeding off the assumption that he already has a desire to do good, and again, that comes from God, but he can't, he can't carry it out. He doesn't have power to do it. This is a massive assumption in the Christian world that's been strongly influenced by secular humanism. And they always empower the human. As, oh, you can do this, you can do that. You're free. And now they're telling you, you're a god. And people believe all these delusions because, because they want to. And that's what the Illuminati does. They serve a big plate of delusions that make you feel good about yourself. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Channing's going, this is not making me feel good. <laughs> well, so, uh, Harsh reality, man. Self-aggrandizement. They cater oh. to the flesh. Mm-hmm. What did you ask me there, Channing, uh, just... When I, when I responded with that, what was the question that you asked? Uh, well, you asked me about, uh, oh, I was talking about prayer. Okay, so yeah, the Protestant reformers taught what I teach, that man is an empty beggar. He does, you know, a spiritual level, he, he has nothing. He has nothing to offer God. Uh, a lot of people say, well, he can offer imperfect things, but he doesn't have anything to offer until God gives it to him. This is why Augustine taught that uh, the only thing that we ever offer God is what he first gives to us. The reason that Christians don't understand this is because they don't understand that everything proceeds from God as an ultimate cause. Now, what does the scripture say? Go to James 1.17, and it says every, just believe the Bible, every good and perfect gift comes down from who? The Father of heavenly lights. And this is what it's saying in Romans 11:36. For from him and through him are, and to him are all things. So all gifts come from God. Qualitatively, even more so with spiritual gifts because of the depraved nature of man. We have nothing. We're empty beggars. Okay, so let's go back to the subject of prayer. Now we're looking at prayer differently, aren't we? See, prayer is a gift from God. You cannot... Now, what did I say? Something that Christians do not want to believe, but I'm just agreeing with the Protestant Reformers. <clears throat> you cannot move God with prayer. 
prayer is given to you by God. And this is why Jesus said, there's no prayers that are answered that are not in accordance with the will of God. Now, here's the problem. You don't know the will of God, and that's what it says in Romans chapter 8. Is it true or is it not true that it says, we don't know what to pray for? The human ego doesn't want to acknowledge that. But of course we don't. We don't have enough knowledge. And this is one of the many ways to prove that there's such a thing as extra-biblical revelation. If you're going to have a precise prayer that's efficacious, God has to tell you what to pray for. And those, here's the good news. Every prayer that's prayed with accordance of God is answered. So what prayer actually is, is a means of glorifying God. We're we're mainly talking about requests here, by the way. That's, That's the kind of prayer we're talking about. It's an offering to God of something that he's already given to us. But it is a privilege to participate with our Father. It says that he's the Father of our spirits in the process of a redemptive history. We want to make ourselves little sovereigns and delude ourselves into believing that we can change things with our prayers because God loves us so much. If we just fast long enough <laughs> and keep a high holiness standard, now you'll see these kind of things in the scriptures, but they have to do with secondary causes. Um, Sodom was doomed. It was predestined that they would be destroyed. But if you look at Genesis 19, it looks like God is changing his mind and reacting to the prayer of Abraham. And that's what it looks like, doesn't it? That's because it's not discussing secondary uh, first causes. It's only talking about, it's just telling a story. It's not going to tell you what's going on behind the scenes in every story. Now, it actually does that in the book of Job. It comes right out and tells you that everything that happened to Job, stop and think about this, it came from the hand of God. Now, notice that when Christians think about that, they go, it came from Satan. Ask yourself this question. Was there anything that Satan could do outside God's permission? No. Um, Christians say, but he just allowed it. I've said over and over again, that if God chooses to do absolutely nothing, that requires a movement of his will, therefore he willed it. You're making a false dichotomy there trying to get God off the hook. You don't have to get get God off the hook. Uh, he's fully capable of acting in consistent, consistent with his nature. He's in control. You either believe it or not. He's also a holy God. So this is why we have this great conundrum, which is the, va- the greatest philosophical problem <clears throat> that we can uh, deal with if we are a theist. And it has to do with reality of evil and how that's reconciled with a... a omnipotent, and holy God. And the the solutions that are out there right now, they're inadequate. They they don't work. Atheists know that, and they go right for the throat. That's the soft underbelly of Christianity. It's called the problem of evil. So, anyway, that's prayer, Channing. Now, notice that almost every subject that you come up with, your brain has to be rewired. But what I was doing there was talking about just the beliefs of the Protestants. I actually just restated them, basically. But see, we haven't heard these things. I've never heard that before. Well, that would be true. That's the problem in this giant cult 
this lack of education. They're not there to educate you. They're there to indoctrinate you, suppress the truth, and enslave your mind. And then fill you up with diabolical poisons so you can't even think straight. And that's the average person. There you go. Standard procedure. Uh, you go to a shopping mall, you look to the left to the right. These people are like omnipresent all over the place. They roll off an assembly line. They're largely biological automatons. And they've been shut down artificially. They're just like uh, ghosts shuffling through uh, the society. They don't really participate in a significant level. Because they don't have any knowledge to act intelligently to make a difference. They don't know anything. They're, they're intellectual vacuums. All right. Next subject. <laughs> Remember, this was the podcast where Dave was going to get, take a back seat. <clears throat> I wasn't even going to be on the call. I give you guys the opportunity. Hey, could you guys see the um, the chat room there? Yeah. Yes, sir. And and what did I say about the beginning of this show? I said, well, you know, this will be room two audio. Mm-hmm. It not so far. People need to hear these things. But um, I didn't want to do this. My phone will eventually start beeping. I don't know how long that's going to be. <laughs> but um, isn't White Raven there? Oh, oh, what I want you guys to do is, are you guys in front of the computer? I'm outside walking around. Oh. Yeah, because I can't... See, i got a roommate that's up there sleeping. He's on graveyard. <laughs> I have a shared room because it's $100 cheaper. Okay? I simply don't have the money. And if I had the money, I, I, I would not use it for... I would use it for something else. So that's not a big concern of mine. But it's it's very difficult to do podcasts... Uh, I mean, face it, I can't go up in my room. I can't go down in the kitchen. I have to go outside. Now, if it's raining out here, then I'm standing underneath an eave. You know what I mean? Uh, I do have a carport here, though. Um, so, can you guys see the uh, computer? Because uh, someone may come up there and they want to be unmuted. Uh, Teflon said he was charging his phone. I wish, Nobody's uh, on the call. Nobody's Other on the call? Me. Okay. Let me, let me know if somebody comes up there, because, see, I have to unmute them. Otherwise, these agents and these demonic people can just jump right on there, and they either spew a bunch of filth or start playing some absurd, you know, audio in the background to sync the podcast. Oh. Yeah. So they have to be they have to be muted. You have to do that. Yeah, as far as being... Uh, uh totally helpless and worthless of our own selves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in John, I think it's chapter 3, 1 John. Mm-hmm. Not that not that we loved him, but that he loved us first. Mm-hmm. And uh, all kinds of scriptures speak of, of this on this wise, mm-hmm. so that our... our uh, and this is understanding ourselves totally to the point where uh, we acknowledge that, that our Father uh, knows us. Mm-hmm. Not not just uh, 
wishful thinking or just have a little comfort, which is what, you know, doctrinal religion teaches, just to give people a little comfort, you know, which is... But uh, the indweller, uh, that word actually means channel. Hmm, I see see how the Illuminati takes that word channel and apply it to their televised... Television... Television... It's like they Televis- use the word scion in there at the end. You know what I'm saying? Television. Oh, well, don't Zion. lie to scion. That's, yeah, that's, tell- we're, we're, we're scion, by the way. Scion yeah, to right. scion. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, it, the pro- it, that, haven't I said that the propaganda is directed to Christians historically? They're actually telling you that there. Uh, tell lie scion. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually said that that television was originally created for, for Christians. They have never figured this out. Because they yeah. don't have a conspiratorial mind. They're not even thinking about these things. They're just enjoying uh, entertainment. And it's pulling everybody down. They started yeah, off yeah. making it look, you know, innocent and patriotic. Remember that? They would have these sign-offs and wave the flag and all. Oh, you know what that was for? Seduce Christians. Oh, they, they wanted to. Those. Yeah, they wanted to. But this is they seduce everybody. It's a big sell. They want to. They wanted to uh, addict that first generation, and then move off of that because what, what after that, you just repeat what you see modeled. Little children imitate their parents, and they sit in front of the screen just like they do. And that's all they know. It's normal now. For for people to spend the great majority of their life when they're not working or um, sleeping to stare at a screen. This is very bizarre behavior. But we think it's normal because everybody's doing it. People use... Let me just say something real quick, Bruce. The reason this is not normal is because people used to stare at other people's faces and talk to them. You see that? Sure, sure. Now they don't. They stare at a screen. Now, just yeah, imagine all the consequences of what's going to happen when you don't look at the other purples. <laughs> purples face again. Uh, I've been on here talking for quite a while. <clears throat> a lot of things are not going to happen anymore. They wanted to shut down human engagement. And you can see the devolutionary process. And it's accelerating. Well, that's one of those terms in Romans first chapter about without natural affection. Natural affection is uh, is meeting each other at the same level with the same energy, meaning face to face. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that's without natural affection, one's glued to a uh, to uh, artificial light. Uh-huh. Uh And a, a lot of false Christ, which is. Uh, which was said would come, many shall come mm-hmm. in my name. So, and all those uh, patriotic, I notice, especially the ones that get the coverage on the news and the media, they're they're all pulling off a big a big lie. Mm-hmm. The big lie. The big lie. One big and lie big after another. The, the, the Christian brain cannot process because it's it's too big of a lie. So therefore, you know it's true. Do you know what a loose question is? A loose... Actually, I don't. Never heard of that term before. 
you know, when people ask, what if? Oh, what yeah. If? Well, that's what Paul's doing there, by the way. I point that out in uh, Romans 9, 22, and 23. I call it the hypothetical. Go ahead. Yeah, the hypothetical. Well, I call it the big, loose, if, air. You know what an air is, right? Yeah. <clears throat> lie. Big, loose, if, air, lie. And uh, the big Lucifer lie is that somehow this devil is in control of all things. See? Right. And it has to do with connecting with people to be afraid of evil. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, are we, in Scripture, are we supposed to fear evil? No. Are we supposed to fear Yahweh? Yeah. You know, if you look at uh, Revelation 21, it actually talks about those who are outside the city. And guess what? It talks about the fearful now, the reason it says that, it doesn't seem very important, but see, these are the people who lacked a trust in God. There's a direct relationship between fear, I'm talking about the wrong kind of fear, and not trusting. Why do you have all this anxiety? Because you're not trusting God. If you really trusted God, you wouldn't have all these anxieties. So I'm trying to say that you, you, I mean, my mother was like this. She was a very fearful person, and I was explaining to her, you're not trusting God, Mom. You're not trusting God. And she... To her, this is like, well, you've got to be concerned about this and that, and this could happen to you and all this stuff. And I said, God's in control. Now, it, it helps to believe in predestination. If you really believe that, there are a lot of things not to worry about. Now, you have people out there that I call theoretical predestinarians. These are people who will profess an intellectual belief. I know specific people I'm thinking about right now. I've actually talked about them recently. They will profess a belief in that, but their lives do not follow it up. They're going out there and trying to make something happen. You can do this and you can do that, and no, you can't do anything. Not one thing. I'm talking about play out, play out, efficaciously, play deterministically, as a first cause. First causes don't have anything to do with a creature. You can't cause anything because there's a cause behind you. Uh, you might want to turn around and, and take a little peek at that there because that's what's causing you to do what you're doing. And you know what the name of that cause is? It's a big one. It's called a first cause, and it has a name. We call it, in Dumb Down Christianity, a little pagan term from Illuminati. It's called, I call this diaspora talk. His name is God. That's the word they gave us to use over and over. And that word is a punishment from guess who? This is conspiracy humor. God <laughs> the word God is a punishment from God. You like that one? <laughs> the entire English language is weaponized. That's the Illuminati oh, yeah. perspective, but it's also a punishment from God. You know who that punishment is directed at? Israel. Punishment from God. He withdrew the the Hebrew language and, and allowed it to be corrupted. He, is it true or is it not true that God allowed <laughs> the... Uh, the vowels to be inserted. When you do that, you corrupt the land. He didn't preserve it. You see, God could have preserved it, but he chose not to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But see, I'm saying he wanted it corrupted because that was a gift that he gave. And this is very simple. Can your Christian brain process this? He withdrew the gift that he first gave to punish Israel. There you go. Well, what, lovely, what father wouldn't punish his children whom he cared for? Yeah, it talks about that in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, I, 
In Hebrews. It could uh, be 12. Yeah, Hebrews 12. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Hebrews, I've been quoting that lately, at least referring to it. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12. Well, if we, if we, if we don't... I'm going to shut this punished, down. If we're not punished, we're just bastards, you know? Oh, that's that word's in the scripture, yes? <laughs> i got to shut this down, unless you guys are going to talk. So oh. it's up to you. i got to give the phone up. I told you that it can be just temporal. But, Shannon, are you there? No, I'm the only, you're the the only one. Okay, if he's gone, we'll probably have to shut it down. Okay, White Raven's here. Good night, White Raven. Uh, oh, is he leaving? Okay. No, hey, he's uh, still here. White Raven, you want to call in and save the podcast? I can come back. Are you there, uh, Channing? Okay. I don't think you're going to go on a rant, uh, Bruce, so uh, i got to give it up, okay? Okay, good night. Brian. Okay, we'll do it later. Thanks, guys, for listening. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.